You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and JF fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. The man across the studio for me is Mr. Scott Chasen, the Joel Embiid of Sports Talk. Well, Fitz, I certainly appreciate that. I don't know who that makes you. Does that make you James Harden, the James I'm, Harden of the show? I'm more like Shaq. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I might fall off my chair at any moment. <laughs> you can interact with us on social media at Facebook.com slash The Drive Show on Twitter at the drive 13 and of course answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions and send love letters to me on our twitter page and remember if you ever miss an episode of the drive you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each monday morning in the form of a podcast over at gopowercat.com it's a swell place mm-hmm. we'll start things off with our two-minute drill and the two-minute drill is sponsored by vanderbilt's your work boot center well, Scott, KU survived a late upset scare against Oklahoma, thanks in part to fresh, a freshman who hadn't played in more than a month, and boy was he good. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little more about Kansas forward Zach Clements. Well, Fitz, it's kind of funny. This guy came into the year as Kansas's top-ranked uh, freshman. He was a top-50 kid, a big man, pick-and-pop kind of guy. But there wasn't really a role for him on this team just because of how heavily Kansas went into the transfer portal. And if you think about it, Kansas brought in Cam Martin, who was a Division II All-American. And, uh, you know, they expected him to be kind of the backup big man with Mitch Lightfoot. But then Zach Clements beat him out. And he played really well in his debut, seven points against Michigan State. It hasn't been a season of much use for Zach Clements since that time. His last basket came in December, so in 2021, it was two points against Nevada. Uh, His last 10-minute game came in November of last year. So it's been a long time, and he hadn't even played in a game, like you mentioned, since he played at Texas Tech on January 8th. He's been sitting out with a foot injury. He's been in a boot. But Kansas trailed for much of this game. Kansas struggled through much of this game. And the Jayhawks needed some kind of a spark defensively uh, out of the five spot. Kansas really struggled with kind of recovering to the big man. Well, there's that Clemens for you right there, knocking down a three. One of the biggest shots of the game. And a little bit after that point, he also had a huge rebound that uh, kind of showed off the workmanlike mentality that he has. I thought it was interesting. After this game, he did the interview on the Jayhawk radio network. He talked to David Lawrence, one of the the Kansas broadcasters, former football player. Uh, Zach Clements was asked to describe his game. He's a pick-and-pop five, a a unique style of big man. You would have expected him uh, to maybe bring that up. But instead, he just said, I I get other people the ball. That's what I do right now. And I think that shows a good realization of what his role is. Now, you saw the, the big defensive stand on your screen there that Kansas made at the end of the game. K.J. Adams, another freshman big man, was the player who made that stop. And I think it shows that Bill Self is not afraid to insert these freshmen into games and mix things up, go with different guys late, if he thinks they're the right guys to play. It doesn't mean Zach Clements is going to start playing 20, 25 minutes a night. I don't see that happening. But I think there are matchups where he could be good, just like I think there are matchups where K.J. Adams can be good. 
And if you're good enough to, to help Kansas win a game, Bill Self is going to find you. Fitzy's going to get you on the court. You know, football has a redshirt rule that you can basically play a third of the regular season and still redshirt. I wish they'd do this for basketball, mm-hmm. particularly in these COVID seasons where teams get so thin. It would be nice if a, a freshman could contribute, say, 10 games and yet still maintain his redshirt. Well, Fitz, it would change the dynamic. I also think it would help with the transfer problem uh, that we're seeing a little bit right now in, in college basketball. Hey, you can play for a couple weeks and yep. still stick around. You got it. Well, Fitz, K-State trailed by as much as 15 in the second half, but stormed back to beat Iowa State in Ames. How important was this victory? For it the was Cavs? huge. It was absolutely huge because, you know, they were coming off a midweek loss to Baylor. And going up to Iowa State, Cyclones are really struggling. In fact, this loss represents their seventh out of the last 10 Big 12 games. I mean, they're in last now in the Big 12. And yet, they're still regarded as an NCAA tournament team, which only speaks to the quality of this league. But this game, if you didn't get to watch it, was basically the reverse of what happened to K-State against Kansas in Manhattan. They've looked so good for so much of the game. And then it just started to slip like the rope going through your hands when you're losing tug of war. Uh, Somehow, Iowa State was able to keep it by getting it into overtime. Really not a good play at the end of regulation by K-State, but the game was tied, so they were at least guaranteed overtime. And then after Iowa State opened the overtime with a bucket, K-State just absolutely throttled the Cyclones the rest of the way. Really impressive win. Uh, for Kansas State, a needed win for Kansas State. Now they're down to their final six regular season games. I think they need probably four more victories to get onto the bubble, maybe sneak into the tournament. Six would probably get it done. They've got three home games remaining so far this season, and one of those is Monday night against West Virginia. And I hate to say it's a must win, but boy, it's going to be hard to compensate for losing a home game this late in the season. So they better take care of those three games, which are West Virginia, Iowa State, and Oklahoma. And we just saw how good Oklahoma can play on the road. So this is going to be a challenge for K-State. But as I'll talk about later in the show, this team is very talented, actually. Maybe we've kind of glossed over the fact that they have three key pieces, including Nigel Pack, and they seem to be finding themselves a little bit more. And a big contributor on Saturday was Ish Masood, who has had some struggles this year, has really focused too much on his ability to shoot three. He was one of six on Saturday, but he still scored 11 points because he did more dirty work in this game than maybe he's done the whole season. So K-State is alive and kicking. I don't know how Bruce Weber does it, but here they are. They're they're scrapping away. They're only 13-11, but the Big 12 is so good, as I said. A lot of teams are going to get in. You know, Fitz, with teams that have a lot of transfers, sometimes they don't stay as tight and hang through stuff as yeah. well as some other teams. seems like this Kansas State team is actually kind of staying together. What yeah. do you make of that? Yeah, it, it is. And I think that's the leadership of a guy like Mark Smith. Mm-hmm. I mean, the end of regulation play could have been something that really got a, a locker room twisted up because clearly Marquise Noel just wanted to be the hero uh, and made a horrible decision at the end of the game. Uh, but they seem to just move on from those things and handle it later on. And they recovered in overtime and played really well. It's, it's impressive how this team can play when they lock in and get it done. Well, Fitz, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the health of the Big 12. You had a daily delivery this week on GoPowerCat.com about the conference being okay in a post-realignment world. What do you think about the Big 12 without OU and Texas in it? Uh, I'm genuinely excited. By the way, daily deliveries are little videos we do almost daily at GoPowerCat. 
But they're not called almost daily delivery. I don't know, Scott. I don't, <laughs> we'll work on I, it. We'll I, work I know. Um, I, I'm excited about the new Big 12 because there's going to be no one seated at the head of the table. We've known who's at the head of the table the entire time, and that was the Texas Athletic Department. Uh, they, this whole conference was kind of built around them. They were so important to the formation of the Big 12 when four teams broke off, schools broke off from the Southwest Conference and joined the eight Big 8 schools. But now they're gone, and their right-hand man, Oklahoma, who has been the team to beat on the football field, will also be gone. But I find it intriguing, Scott, that they are trying to get out of paying as much money as they probably should, and so they want to stick around through the end of this rights agreement, which means the new schools will come in uh, for at least a one-year overlap uh, with the uh, old schools. So we'll have 14 teams in the Big 12 for a little bit, a year or two. And uh, I think that will be very fun to watch OU and Texas have to go to those four new schools uh, in that time period. I would make sure that happens. I'm excited, man. I think this league is going to be really fun to watch who sorts out, uh, who's going to be a football power. Of course, Oklahoma State and Baylor and Cincinnati probably sit at uh, the head of that table for now. But everyone has an opportunity here to get where uh, you can put yourself in a position in an expanded playoff world of getting to the next level and becoming a regular uh, participant in the playoff. That's exciting for programs like K-State, Iowa State, Kansas, if Lance Leipold can get it going, everyone will have a shot. Yeah, well, Fitz, I'll miss seeing Bill Self and Chris Beard play against each other because I think those games are fun. I think the Kansas football team will miss Texas being in the Big 12 because that seems to be a win uh, every couple of years. But look, I agree with you. I, I think there's a chance that this conference can be exceptional. And, you know, a, a lot is made of, well, who's going to be the national contender? I'd say look at a conference like the Pac-12 that hasn't had that turnover, right? Oregon's still there. USC is still there, whatever. And you know, they haven't really been at that same level despite the teams kind of staying the same. So sometimes I think a little too much gets made over the movement of the teams, whereas if you have the right people in place, you can build some contenders at a lot of places. Yep, absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to all those new road trips for football and basketball, and I don't think they're done. They might really seriously look at even more expansion. Well, now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, which Big 12 team will go the furthest in the NCAA tournament? We look at the results. Coming in first, Texas Tech, 45% of the vote. Fitz, I guess I, I didn't realize that so much of our viewership is down in Lubbock. Yeah, we, we're really strong in Lubbock. Yeah. Apparently, uh, 27% said Kansas, yep. 18% said Baylor, 10% say any other team. I wonder who they were thinking. Hmm. This week's question is this, and boy, is this insightful. <laughs> when will Bruce Web Weber coach his, can't say his, name, coach his last game at K-State? A, this season, B, next season, or C, later, two years or beyond. Make sure you vote on our Twitter page, at The Drive 13. And you can also vote on when Fitz will appear in his last episode of The Drive. Same options. Well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. This is 
Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Scott Kansas had a chance to put the Big 12 race away against Texas, but the Jayhawks fell in Austin. Have you noticed any trends with these Kansas losses this year? Well, Fitz, there have actually been a few in one of them, and I, I don't want to be too negative here, but it's that Kansas has struggled at times to string a lot of good results together to win multiple kind of strong games in a row. Now look, Kansas has won a ton of games. Kansas has not lost many games. But look at the season. Kansas gets a, a good win at Oklahoma State. Then Kansas loses to Tech. Kansas beats Tech in the revenge meeting and then gets blown out by Kentucky. Kansas beats Iowa State shorthanded. Beats Baylor. Okay, the team is playing about as well as it can. And then Kansas loses at Texas. And when you talk about the NCAA tournament and, you know, at the end of the year, what do you have to do? You've got to win six games in a row or at least four to get to a Final Four. And I'm not sure Kansas has actually shown that yet, although I do think they have that potential. Look, down the stretch, these games are only going to get harder, even as the opponents get a little bit easier. And the reason why is teams have kind of found something they can do with Kansas star Ochai Abaji. Ochai Abaji scored... 20-plus points in 12 of his first 19 games this year. It's why he was a National Player of the Year candidate. Certainly going into that Kentucky game, a lot of the buzz was Kansas has a National Player of the Year guy, Kentucky has a National Player of the Year guy. In his last four games, he scored 13 points, 18 points, 11 points, and 11 points. And those are not bad totals. You score in double figures every game, that's certainly fine. But if you're talking about a first-team All-American whose best attribute is scoring, that starts to be a problem. And the reason why is what teams are doing to him. You can see uh, in some of these clips that Texas just chose to face guard him, even, you know, 25, 30 feet from the hoop and say, let's play four on four. Let's see if your other four guys uh, on the court can beat us. And, you know, at times Kansas has been able to generate some good offense outside of that. I think against Texas, Kansas had about as good as an offensive showing as you could hope to have against a team that likes to slow it down. And that does a pretty good job defensively. But Look, Kansas can't win these games without Ochai Abaji finding a way to impact the game despite all this defensive attention playing to, uh, being paid to him. In, in those two losses that have come over the last couple weeks, he scored 13 and 11 points. That was in that stretch of four games. He's got to do more, and his teammates have to do more to help him get open. If he keeps hitting those buzzer beaters, he'll be <laughs> fine. <laughs> well, Fitz, those will certainly uh, help out or at least make you feel better about your season. Well, Fitz, K-State sophomore guard Nigel Pack is on a tear for the Wildcats. Is he a clear first-team All-Big 12 performer? You know, at first I hesitated because Kansas State is down in the standings, but now the Wildcats have kind of moved up into the middle of the Big 12 standings with the possibility of, you know, getting to 8 and 10, which is oh, it's below average, naturally, but it's still pretty good. And the damage he's doing right now is absolutely remarkable. Iowa State held him to 19 points. That's how many points he's been scoring basically since the first half of the Kansas game, which we're showing here on the highlights. He's been just incredible, consistent, shooting around 50% from three, making generally really good decisions, and um, kind of finding his role now 
with the other complementary pieces around him. And, and that's really kind of what I want to say. Yeah, I think Nigel Pack should be first team all Big 12. I don't think there's any doubt, particularly if he continues to score at this 20-point a clip. He's averaging, I think, 19 in Big 12 games, 18 overall. But it's because he's got other pieces. You can't just settle in and try to focus on Nigel Pack. You got Mark Smith, who is almost averaging a double-double. He's one of the top two rebounders in the Big 12, which is a remarkable transformation of the style of his game. And Marquise Noel, the little point guard who feeds these guys a lot of assists, leads the conference in assists. A very wise man once told me, well, it was Kevin Romery, so I don't know how wise, but my friend Kevin Romery told me that to be a really good team, you got to have three dudes. And he's exactly right. You watch Kansas, they almost always have three dudes that can really get it done. Kansas State, for the first time in a while, has those three dudes. Now, can they continue to get better? Well, Nigel Pack is the center and the focus. And as long as he keeps hitting those NBA three-pointers and having the ball in his hands, uh, I think K-State's going to be in pretty good shape. So I would have to say yes, even though there's a lot of talent in this conference, as you know, that Nigel Pack certainly belongs on that first team. And we'll see if the coaches or media, either one of them, have the guts to do it, even though K-State won't be up towards the top of the standings. Oh, Fitz, I, I do think they'll put him up there. I personally would have him up there. And it speaks to how well he's playing that you saw. Those were the Kansas K-State highlights. That was not the Nigel Pack highlight reel. And yet, how many impressive shots? It, it was Nigel Pack making all of them or getting the assist, whatever. Nigel Pack is a really talented scorer. He makes some insane shots. He has, I think, NBA-level shot-making mm -hmm. ability. Now, obviously, he's got to get the rest of his game to that point. He, he's incredibly talented. I think the biggest compliment I can give him for my fellow olds in our <laughs> audience, he's beginning to remind me of Mike Evans, who was just a pure shooter before the three-point line, but could shoot it from anywhere and... Always had a beautiful release. Nigel's just special to watch. <laughs> and now we step out of bounds, and Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Fitz, let's step out of bounds and out of state lines. Kansas State made the trip up north this weekend to a state where sports betting is currently legal. Do you see Kansas jumping on board with that anytime soon? Well, they're getting closer. Uh, you know, as I read up on this topic for also a daily delivery of a Go Powercat, the, the state of Kansas is getting closer to sports gambling, but the state continues, in my opinion, to be rooted in 19th century morality. They worry about, you know, people instead of uh, realizing that, hey, it's Super Bowl Sunday, people are going to gamble on the game. In fact, it's expected to be about $8 billion legally gambled in the United States on the Super Bowl, and Kansas will collect no revenue. So the gambling's going on. It might be going on with illegal offshore books, or people are driving to Iowa on this end of the state to get in some legal betting. Uh, I just think it's a shame that they want to restrict it to just the Kansas-operated casinos around the state. So that means large parts of the state won't be able to participate in this. I think they need to be more creative, open it up a little bit more, but uh, that would require some forward thinking from the Kansas legislature, and they're not always known for that. Well, Fitz, gambling is part of the sports lexicon now. It is certainly here to stay. You're hearing it spoken about on broadcast. You're hearing announcers reference it. Scott Van Pelt's Bad Beats segment, I think, is pretty much a must-watch whenever you're up late watching SportsCenter. So I, I think it is slowly moving in that direction, but I also think you're right. I think Kansas has been a little bit slower than uh, most others. Iowa has it. Nebraska's voted it in. It hasn't in place yet. Missouri's very close, and, and Kansas, we're happy to have liquor by the drink. <laughs> Now let's hear from our fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Metal Ark, supporting people and living their best lives. 
Our fan question this week is, Scott, why is this team so bad at free throws? And I think he means Kansas, because mm-hmm. certainly that wouldn't be Kansas State. Uh, well, Darren, to answer your question. Darren and Lawrence, sorry. <laughs> Kansas is outside, I believe, the top 200 now in free throw percentage. Kansas went 4 of 10 at the line down the stretch in this last game. Kansas also missed a late front end of a 1-1. One one. Christian Brown missed a couple uh, in the game against Texas. Kansas has good free throw shooters, like Christian Brown is around 80%. Ochai Abaji is over 70%. Kansas doesn't have good clutch free throw shooters, but I think it's less about the mental side of it and more about if you look at minutes totals right now, Kansas's starters are playing 36, 37, 38, sometimes more than that minutes, especially, you know, Dewan Harris might be playing all 20 minutes in the second half. That's not good when you get to the end of games. You need to focus, calm down, and make two clutch shots. So I think one of the ways Kansas can probably help out with that is just playing guys a little bit less. That's the way I feel by the end of the show. <laughs> well, especially after I talk so much. So uh, Remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. As we head down the home stretch of this week's show, now it's time at To take a look at our predictions, remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. Only two picks this week because we're taping before the big game. I don't know if we're supposed to say Super Bowl, but I did. Fits. I know. So the FCC might come arrest me. Mm -hmm. The fans have picked the Rams to win, by the way. It's because the fans are wrong. Mm -hmm. But anyhow, uh, let's look at last week's results. We all went Mm one-on-one. That's it. That's the results. Now, this week's picks start with Kansas minus five and a half. At West Virginia. Fitz. Uh, Kansas struggles with West Virginia anytime Kansas goes to Morgantown. Funny enough, someone did a study on Big 12 home court advantages. West Virginia and Texas Tech were the two highest, so, wow. um, which kind of makes sense given the ways they play, how officiating impacts the game. I'll take Kansas. I don't feel great about that. Okay, I'll take West Virginia. Thanks for convincing me. (laughs) Well, next is K-State plus four and a half at Oklahoma State. Who do you like? I'll take K-State. I think it'll be a close game even if Oklahoma State wins, which I have four and a half points to play with. Uh, I'll take Oklahoma State to be different. I I do think it'll be a close game right on the cusp of that. Our last game of the week is Tech plus two and a half at Texas. I will take Tech. Texas plays well at home. I'll take Texas, but I could see that going either way. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. Now it's time for our On The Clock segment. On The Clock is sponsored by Carpet One, by Local for a Strong Local Community. Mr. Scott Chasen, take it away. Well, Fitz, I also noticed I said that I think all three games are going to be close on the picks, and that might explain my picking record. I'm having a hard time with that (laughs) this year. Uh, Look, Joel Embiid, uh, former KU basketball player, obviously you probably know that if you're watching the show. He's having a phenomenal year. He's probably going to be the NBA's MVP. He's leading the league in scoring. He's leading the league in 40-point games. He just had a 40-point triple-double. I'm going to read off the list of 40-point triple-doubles that have happened by a player in a Philadelphia 76ers uniform. 
Wilt Chamberlain, Wilt Chamberlain, Wilt Chamberlain, and now Joel Embiid. Just a fantastic year for the former KU big man who, like I said, probably going to end up being the NBA's MVP. Well, we're tight on time, but I'll just say this. There's a movement in college athletics to get rid of divisions in a conference. NCAA needs to clear the way, but I would encourage the new Big 12 to not divide yourself. The name says it all right there. That's it for this edition of The Drive. We'll see you next week and right here on social media.